0: Hi, my friends who listen to Future Primitive. Uh, I am online today with Pip Waller. She is a medical herbalist and plant spirit medicine healer living in North Wales. She has been practicing and teaching natural healing methods for 30 years. Her first book, Holistic Anatomy, was published in 2009 and continues to increase in popularity. In 2015, she wrote the Herbal Handbook of Home and Health, a book of 501 herbal recipes for everything from laundry and medicine to string. So I'm holding in my hand a book she recently wrote and published with Lucy Wells, The book is called Touched by Nature, Plant Spirit Medicine Journeys. Lucy Wells came to plant spirit medicine after a journey through community arts, tai chi, and other energetic healing systems, and has been in practice since 2006. She combines her healing work with other arts and performance activities which also explore the nature of deep and transformative change so welcome to both of you and uh, before i ask you to your about your relationship to plants i'm going to ask you about your relationship with each other and how you came together to write this book?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Do you you want to go, Lucy? You start it off, Pip, and then I'll carry on. Okay. so we met, Lucy and I met just a little, we studied plant spirit medicine together with Elliot Cowan, 2004, but we met a little bit before then at a workshop that was called The Phenomenon of Prayer. And we, we hit it off, and we got to know each other. And we, then we did the whole plant medicine training together. And and uh, well, I'm going to say, like Lucy's, it, it is absolutely brilliant, fabulous woman, really wise and deep, but also extremely funny. So I have a lot of fun with her. And we we're both very committed to plant-based medicine to the spreading. We want to spread the word. We've been teaching uh introductory workshops and talking doing a lot of talking and sharing about parts of medicine but um we thought oh look actually it'd be good to have a book out there Elliot's wrote a book but medicine in the 90s it's a great book and it's it recently had a new edition updated edition which is also brilliant but we thought well let's let's get another book out there and um uh, uh more fun to do it together than alone so we had a lot of fun writing this book
2: yeah so um it's lucy here yes. i'm just going to say the same about pip pip's a, a fabulous friend a brilliant healer she's also done huge amounts with herbal medicine and promoting healing with plants um for a long time so it's was a a privilege to collaborate with her uh, she's an author of a number of other books uh, on healing with plants and um, holistic anatomy and so we it, it was one of those projects where it kind of it, it didn't exactly write itself because actually we've we asked for contributions from from lots of our colleagues and other people working with plants in slightly different ways. But the actual um, collecting of the stories and then weaving them together was such a creative process that it was really smooth and um, fluid. So, well, we really enjoyed it. It it. It didn't feel like work. No, it had a good energy. All right.
0: So I like the way uh, Elliot Cohen uh, starts the preface to the book. He says that uh, we have a poor relationship to plants, which really means we have a poor relationship to ourselves. And if you could both comment on how these two things, these two, these two attitudes come together, uh, I would like that.
1: So okay, so plant spirit med- our uh, medicine this plant spirit medicine all it's all about relationship. Right. It's fundamentally about relationship because the healer the, the without the relationship between the healer and the plant, there's no there's no nothing happens. So we, we, we can't say, I can't say to you, Joanna, for example, I can't say, oh, look, this is the great plant. Let's say rosebay willow herb. It's a fabulous plant. Fireweed, I think sometimes it's called. Um, you use it for this, 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 X, Y, Z. You can use it for that. Like you can do in herbal medicine. You can look in a book and go, oh, maybe this herb will work or that one. But medicine is about your relationship with that plant and what the plant tells you personally what medicine it's got personally to offer for your the people that come to you for help. So there is a relationship between the, the healer and the person that comes for healing. There is the relationship between the plant and the healer. Then then the plant comes in and makes relationship with the the healee. And we see our uh, our way of looking at the world is that the big big problem we've all got it, we can boil it down to this deep disconnect this way that we're not connected. And you can say that the opposite of uh, a disconnect is relationships, so building these relationships, improving relationships, particularly with the plants, because the plants, you could say they they fundamentally are the natural world, the plants. You can't really talk about the natural world without plants being a big feature.
0: Hmm. So how would this be a quiet revolution to come back to remembering our relationship with plants?
2: Well, I suppose we call it a quiet revolution because the plants aren't making a whole lot of audible noise. I see. Their their way of communicating is quiet. They demand us to listen so this whole approach to to relating with the plants we need to get in a certain um, frame of mind to be receptive to hear what they're offering for us so that that's there's a quietness to that. There's a there's mm-hmm. a slowing down. There's a kind of getting into the zone where we're stilling ourselves, so that we are more able to hear the message from the plants. So, the quietness is uh, is about there not being the clamour of human noise where we're all trying to be heard with our various theories. It's a slowing down, it's a quietening down, so that the plants and us can really start to mutually uh, relate with each other.
0: In in what ways and how much... Have you been able to join the recipes and wisdom of our great grandmothers uh with your own discoveries?
1: Oh. Hmm. Well that's an interesting I mean, that's an interesting question in terms of plants for medicine. I think uh Hmm. It's not easy to really answer that. I mean, I could say because there's this very interesting phenomenon, like I mentioned when talking about the relationship, the building yeah. the relationship, that's yeah. that one plant, when you journey and you connect very deeply, you get into what Lucy referred to as the zone and you connect very deeply, and the plant offers its medicine. But the medicine that it offers to me mm-hmm. might not be related really or not the same at all to the medicine it will offer to Lucy or to you or to anybody that forms their own relationship although having said that it, it is quite common if a whole group of people together do a um, this process of deep connection with the plant that the plant will come through with very similar instructions very similar wisdom so you could say that very often is in keeping with what's known from tradition, what we could say, what our uh-huh. great grandmothers knew. Right. But it's a, it's, it still always does also happen that somebody might get something that's very, very unique, that's really to do with their own personal relationship with the plant. And that is is more important. That's like more to be trusted and followed than uh, acquired cast on wisdom mm. yeah and i
2: think if i understand what you just asked correctly joanna mm-hmm. for me that brings up uh, a feeling of loss a feeling that uh in the definitely in the culture that i was raised yeah. that connectivity back through the the mother line <laughs> through the grandmothers to uh an earth-based wisdom hasn't been there for um, some generations. It's become very fragmented.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And my experience of um, learning about plant spirit medicine and continuing to deepen my practice with it is that it's it's a way of uh, trying to reconnect with our grandmother,
0: ancestors. Beautiful, beautiful. Do you think that uh, the plant consciousness has felt abandoned? And perhaps this is part of our malaise?
2: Absolutely. I would say that was exactly how it's been played out that with the, um, the the silencing of our in original knowing mm-hmm. that there's been systematically um, in, on these islands, and the, the 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 British Isles. Um, this is something that's been um, decimated. Mm. This knowledge and small small threads of it have kept alive, but as a as a knowing for the for the majority of the people, it's been systematically wiped out through mm. s- subsequent you know, um, con- all the different peoples that have visited here, and then of course the Romans and then the Christian Church and <laughs> where it became um, dangerous to be working with this type of medicine. Mm-hmm. So um, people put it down, apart from a, f- a few people that will have kept it going in a in a very quiet way but it, it, its re-emergence is something really desperately needed and really, really, truly welcome. But there's, I, my feeling is that there's some, you know, a massive healing um, to go through um, from all the persecution that went on in the last couple of thousand years.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And talk to us about your journey of recovery for us. What is the spirit crying for, as you say in your book?
1: Well, okay. When we talk... One of the ways that we talk in Plant Spirit Medicine about how we know which plant to give to our, to call and ask it to bring its medicine through to the people that come to us for help, is that there are various ways that the, the cry of the spirit can be read in, in how the person is. So that includes the... the sound of a person's voice and it includes the, the colour. It's not an aura, it's actually a physical colour. Yeah. You kind of train your eye to see. It includes the smell of a person and it includes an emotional uh, relationship. So when we talk about the cry of the spirit, that's one of the things you know that we mean. But actually there's also the very deep back again to where we started of talking about the deep disconnect which our people are suffering from the, the disconnect from from divine nature the disconnect from ourselves from each other and the lack of uh, meaningful community real community um, which most people are living with so that so from, from that perspective you could say you know everybody's crying out for for that everybody's crying out for the things that really should should be our human birthright and that have been very interfered with over many, as Lucy said, many, 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 many centuries mm-hmm. of, of oppression and repression and suppression and, and damage. So that we've lost our, in Europe, European peoples, we've lost our indigenous ways a long time ago and they were the ways that we needed to have our, our real true connection with, with divine, with, with spirit. And with all that is so the plant spirit medicine for us is one one big the plants are really one big way to to, to wake that up, but it's not an easy journey. It's not a quick fix.
0: Not quick well <laughs> America to me is a country, is a country of homesick people. And What we're talking about is people homesick for their indigenous roots. And I guess that's where the word roots is included. And so you are working with roots. And uh, yeah, yeah, just, just got that. And so I was wondering if you could, each of you, tell us about plants that you work with that have particular roots in uh, in in the culture.
2: Wow, that's a beautiful question, Joanna. I like the way that you've just brought that down into the roots and when you said that I felt this kind of deep um if I say a sinking feeling I don't mean that in (laughs) in a negative way Mm -hmm. I just felt a a kind of um a profound feeling of how how the plants in their rootedness are really helping us in our rootedness I just really got that when you you mm-hmm. said that mm-hmm. and I think one what, although as Pip said earlier I think each of the plants that for example I make friends with and then use in my healing work mm-hmm. um, my relationship is specific to to that plant it won't be the same as another plant spirit medicine healer However, that kind of um, I, I work with a lot of trees. Oh. I've been very attracted to work with with trees, and I, I've just really got that as you were talking about the rootedness. That that's one of the the strong. Uh, sensations that I get when working with trees of how they are both you know half of half of them are are invisible be, beneath the ground right and um, how they express themselves above the ground and below the ground in these in this kind of mirror between the kind of conscious and seen and they're unconscious and rooted. Mm-hmm. Um I I'm I'm going into a kind of reverie here so I don't yes, know if I'm yes, making yes. any sense. Yes, wonderful. It,
1: yes. Well I'm glad that you talked about trees because what that question, which I agree is a beautiful question, and what that made me, it reminded me of I heard um, that this land of Britain, which, well, I know that it, we, this land used to be entirely trees, entirely covered with trees, and um, what I heard is that that some people refer to this land as the land of the one tree. Uh-huh. That that even though there's many different types of trees here, native trees but when the whole the whole land was covered with trees and therefore it, it's the land of the one tree because the roots are all connected and i heard it was a i can't remember the unfortunately it was a, a native american um grandmother that was te- teaching and a friend of mine that was there was telling me about it and she this this grandmother was talking about she said look it's the land of the one tree and even though the trees aren't all there anymore. The root, the one tree is still there. And it inspired me. And I did a, I did a whole, um, uh, like I got into the zone, as we say, and I did a whole sort of meditation and journey to the trees in the place where I was sitting, which is close by to where I live here. And I felt, I really felt it. I was like praying to the root of the one tree to help me with my groundedness. So uh, to let my roots grow into your, this was the prayer, it was, oh, dear great roots of the one tree, let me feel you. Yes. Let my roots grow into yours, drawing nourishment and wisdom. Beautiful. My roots in you and my, my crown in the stars. So I pray to really feel the deep connection and love of the one tree, of the oneness and all the connections. Mm. So that, like, all of us humans are also like trunks of the one tree, rising up from these roots, connected, connected, connected. Yeah. And that's reminded me
2: of um, my journey to my the the mother guide that I visit, who sits under a huge tree. And when I journeyed there, I went down into that tree and I retrieved a a shining cord to um, do the work, to do this work.
0: As you say, the plants are calling us to enter the dream of nature. So I think you're describing the uh, your 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 commonality in the dream with nature. I was yes. I was intrigued by uh, where you speak about the puppy spirit as the Celtic warrior. Would you? expand on
1: that oh that was a journey that i did yeah mm, that was just my experience of the i mean whether it would be anyone else's experience i don't know but when when i connected with that it was a particular poppy it was a welsh poppy so they're like a very yellow sort of orangey yellow color and um that's just what came for me. That it was a that it, that the land was soaked with blood. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of bloodshed and um, terrible, terrible uh, killing and yeah. oppression and fighting and slaughter. Really, I mean, all over many countries. Right, that historically, in in uh, Wales, Wales. Welsh were, were absolutely brutally stomped all over by the by the English kings mm-hmm. who wanted to take the land and the, the gold and the coal and all the resource. So I don't know whether that's you know what would the poppy have had to say if history was very different, least something quite different. But um
2: I must just tell you, out of the window here, well, in fact, my door is open and there are lots of Welsh poppies Mm. with their heads down um, after the rain.
1: Beautiful.
0: Mm. Beautiful. So, um, what is um, your connection with... um, Homeopathy, for instance.
2: Well, I've had a um, a long association with homeopathy. One of one of our dear UK plant spirit medicine healer associates mm-hmm. is also a trained homeopath, and for a while, I she and I shared a house. I didn't ever train um uh, officially in homeopathy but um I I intuitively use some homeopathic remedies and in a way it was uh that was one of the strands that led me to this this way of working with plant spirits was through using homeopathic remedies and um, understanding that they weren't this, because there's so little of the physical um, material of the plant in the remedy, they, they move into this energetic realm And uh, it's a really fascinating uh, reality how such a tiny, infinitesimally tiny amount of a suggestion of an essence can have such dramatic um, effects. However, our our homeopathic colleague, um, PSM colleague, actually now mostly works with this type of plant spirit medicine because the effects of it are so so deep and far-reaching.
1: Um, I could add something about homeopathy as well, yes. which you might find interesting, which is that when our teacher, Elliot Cowan, he, he started, you know... Back in the day, he was a uh, five-element acupuncturist, and then he got into—he loved plants always. He, he started off with a love of plants, and then he, he learned the acupuncture because he was particularly impressed with JR Worsley that was his teacher. And then, but then he—he he met. I think he did. He did. Uh, he learned the shamanic journey, you know, with Michael Harner. This is really a long time ago. And started to connect with plants, like use use the journey to connect with plants. But he was one of the first people to actively do that and to promote doing it. And um, but when he and he thought he started to experiment. Oh, you know, if the because he thought well, what the needles can do, the plants can do. So, but when he actually first started experimenting uh, with plants that he'd connected with in, in the journey and built that relationship with. For his clients. He actually had homeopathic remedies made of the plants. He had homeopathic dilutions made. He's, he, there was a place in the States where he, sent, where he had the remedies made. And then, um, I, I can't remember when it was in history, but you might even know but there was a certain time when the FDA got very strict about remedy-making and the people that were making his remedies told him we're not going to be able to do it anymore. And at that point, he figured or found that actually another plant had already offered a way to deliver the remedies without actually using any physical, not even a homeopathic, infinitesimally small dilution. So that's the way that we do it now is we're putting our hands on the person and calling. We ask the plant to come through us, the plant that we've got the relationship with to come through us and and give its medicine to to the person that we're treating. But yeah, there's definitely that connection with with uh, homeopathic way of using plants in the sense of it's working entirely on an energy level.
2: Mm. And a key,
1: a key, um,
2: a key thing is that we also initiated into the use of um, one particular plant that does a huge amount of work for us. And uh, another messenger plant that goes and collects um, all our plant allies from bringing them into the treatment room where we then, you know, act as channels for those energies. So the initiation part of it is an important um, uh, part of the kind of spiritual chemistry. Oh,
0: so your your work is to be actually conduits between the plants and the human being that you are assisting and so i exactly yeah yeah i would i would love to know what it what has been your journey to to develop that kind of exquisite intimacy
2: <laughs> yep. i'm laughing because it's been it it's been uh, uh, and continues to be a hugely profound process mm-hmm. that at times um, has been su- sometimes grueling because for me, at least I'll just speak for, for myself entirely, um, it involves a kind of breaking down of who I think I am and a, uh, a getting out of the way which my little ego doesn't always like. Mm -hmm. Um, And the kind of lessons, lessons in humility, I think to to sum it up, it's lessons in humility. And then, of course, that's really balanced with the incredible, equally profound, joy and amazement to be able to help people, to be of service and have that sense of purpose mm-hmm. and reconnection to something so sublime and profound. So it's an ongoing process that I can't, you know, words only really point at it. What do you think, Pip?
1: Yeah, I I, I agree and and the it's a, it's beautiful the way you put the question, Jano, is it's an exquisite intimacy and it's ongoing. And I, I, I feel it's one of those things like Lucius, you can't really put it into words, but anyone when you start to experience it, the only one that it, it has that feeling for nature as Something, not just though it's a pretty view or something, but when your spirit is touched and you feel that you feel the movement, you feel, you recognise the divinity and the spiritual power that's in the let's say plants in this case, it's a very, very, very deep and beautiful experience and it makes moving through the world, moving through the natural world an absolute joy.
0: Like you could say, you know, you've got friends wherever you go with plants. Yes. Yes, it's amazing. I mean, one could imbue plants with the spirit of humility because uh, uh, people talk about... Weeds. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about fire. Um, I I don't want to forget to ask you about fire and uh, your relationship with fire, and um, and how fire is at the center of these relationships.
2: Yes. <laughs> so fire as the great connector. Fire as the ultimate exchange of everything in the universe. The heating up, the molecular. Uh, ex- it, well, the the heat. It, of exchange happening in on every level is central the joy the the fire as the heart of joy and that's like the deep ocean of joy that's our living, breathing life. Fire is at the center of that. And as, as one of the um, five elements that we work with, it's the controller of the other elements. Mm. It's contained within all of them. And
1: um, yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. Fire is the the heart, and that's the place where where any of this connection and relationship that we're talking about it it happens from. And of course, Lucy is also a fire keeper in the sacred fire. Community, which is uh, uh, a very interesting project of of the fire god, the god of fire, the fire, the spirit of fire coming and into the cold times that we're living in, and, and saying, hey, you know, you can sit around me and reconnect and and uh, uh, yes
2: fire moves and transforms it's uh, it's our our work with the fire and our work with the plant spirit medicine is very much about getting things moving um on as much as anything on an emotional level is you know that's we humans are always feeling something yes And uh, when we get stuck there, um, that's where a lot of our problems start. So um, fire as a mover and transformer of stuck energy is uh, central.
0: You write about emotional fluency and... ...suggests that we live in a river of emotions. <laughs> uh. I, I would like to ask you if you would talk to us about the five elements... ...and uh, the wheel of the year... ...and the quality of the different energies of the seasons...
2: So we 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 here in the UK right this moment are in our summer, and actually today it's been raining. <laughs> <laughs> is is kind of typical, but uh-huh. but in the um, in the seasonal um, cycle, it is the time of fire. It's a time of heat. It's the time where. Where all the plants are flowering and open and expressing themselves in their blooming,
1: they're all beckoning to us like mad, aren't they? Like, hello, look at me! Yeah. So but I took my some washing to the laundrette today, my quilt to be washed, and there's this huge hydrangea just outside on the on the house next to it with the most enormous pom of white beautiful I mean what? and it was they were all like waving hello look at me look at me that's the the fire energy Mm -hmm. yeah one aspect
2: yeah where it's it's a sort of party it's a a razzmatazz and and also (laughs) in the people I mean for a for a small island we do get um, more excited and outdoors once the in the summer. In the summertime.
1: We have, we did this great day in the in Regent's College, a celebration of group Medicine, a few weeks ago. And the whole of Regent's Park, right by where we were in Regent's Park, there's this beautiful Queen Anne's Rose Garden. And it's full of, I mean, I don't know how many. There's 50, 100, I don't know how many varieties. Beautiful roses. And they just go on and on. They were in full bloom, but we were watching them, me and Lucy, and the thing that was really amazing is not just how beautiful they are and so on, but how people were relating to them. So people kind of get in, in amongst them. And they were jumping them. into the fly, flower beds and putting
2: mm-hmm. their faces yeah. right by the blooms to have their yeah. photos taken. And that kind of <laughs> sexy, flirty photo. Wow, that was, was amazing.
1: <laughs> so wow. the,
2: that's, the, that's the energy of the summer is... Uh, you know, a laughter and a party and a, a jump into the flower bed, or you know, with somebody, with so- with somebody, <laughs> or a, or a rose. And then, as that as that ripens and moves through into fruition, then we start to move into the the time of the harvest, the time where. Um, the fruits of the flowers are plumping up and are offering themselves as nourishment for the people. It's the the time of late summer. Um, this is in the the Chinese five element worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know the harvest time. It's where where there's a maturing and a ripening and a uh, a potential feast of rich nourishment that comes from the mother,
1: and then um, those delicious nourishing fruits begin to they they the end of that season comes and the next season begins which is autumn or fall you call it in America I think and that's when things suddenly there's a coldness maybe a crispness in the air and a quite a fine quality often that the air changes and at the same time all the leaves start to turn and then they start to fall. So it's a time, really, it's a time of where things are finished. Everything's over. Whatever was going to happen from the summer or from the harvest time is done. So the, actually the Chinese in the olden days, they called it the crying time because it's also a time of letting go and of all feeling and acknowledging your loss, or feelings of loss. So one of the emotions associated with it is grief. But the other side of that is that as everything falls away, what you're left with is what's truly valuable. If you, It's a stripping back to essence. Yeah, yeah if you don't, if you can't um, really, so it's about what you really value like the mineral, the gold, the metal within the, the minerals within the soil or the, the little gold within the, within the rock. When you take everything else away, what's the pure, valuable essence? So that's the other side of the metal. It's the same side, really, but it's about respect, value, value and respect, because it's when you lose something of value that you feel the grief.
2: Of the loss of that thing. And as autumn falls away completely, it's the wheel turns and the cold starts to really set in. And at that point, we withdraw deep into ourselves and deep into the earth in the quiet and reflective time of winter and winter is the time of stillness and contemplation and inward looking and the the element of winter is water deep Deep, deep inside the earth, the quiet water of rejuvenation and reflection, and that awesome power of stillness and potential
1: mm.
2: where we go deep into ourselves to recharge for the coming time.
1: And it's also, there's an aspect of the winter, which is, uh, you could say that water is about life more than anything else, like life and death. So there's a feeling, and certainly if you, even not that long ago, when there wasn't any, you know, central heating and And so on. um, But people wondered, will will I survive the winter? Will I survive? So there's an aspect of of fear that goes along with the the water. Yeah, and
2: it's the cold time. Mm.
1: The frozen time. But then, out of that, (laughs) phew, suddenly... (laughs) energy changes and there's a a rising up and a huge growth a huge growth an incredible wow just like a melody and a and a and a a, you can almost watch some plants growing when they come out in the spring they break through that energy of we call it the energy of wood breaks through the earth and up and out the buds get bigger and bigger on the trees and then the leaves come
2: Yeah, and it's an incredible thing to see those green shoots rising up out of the barren darkness of winter, just right out there. How do they do that? How do snowdrops suddenly appear, blooming and green and white and tinkling? It's a miracle. (laughs) Yeah. It's a miracle of force, of birth. And um, growth, <laughs> that
1: and, in that, and there's that sense with it where about if you think about growth, about where plants are going. So there's something in this energy which is where where are we going? Where are we headed? And where's the oomph and the power to to move and to get there?
2: Yeah, visioning the blueprint that's inside us, coming through, bringing it forth, mm-hmm. giving it birth. Mm-hmm. Before it then blooms again into that heat mm-hmm. of the heart. So there we've got a whole a whole cycle
0: a whole, of a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder if in closing you would talk to us about the
2: shoe tree. The yew tree, did you say? The yew tree. Well, I happen to live in yew tree cottage. Wow. (laughs) Where I, before I lived in a house that was called silver birches. They had these massive silver birches in the garden. And then last year, I left there and came here. The yew tree cottage and um, in the in between times we we worked with a, a man that's based in the, the US called Michael Dunning who is a yew shaman mm-hmm. who was initiated by the U himself or herself mm-hmm. or itself mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting thing living with... We have two sentinel ewes out of the back here. Um, It's been really interesting living with them. uh, And they're extraordinary beings. They're extraordinary, powerful beings. Michael Dunning has a lot to say about the yew tree from his long experience of being initiated underneath it. So I I actually would like to suggest that you interviewed with him, He's resident in Massachusetts. Um, Thank all you. I can say here is I'm in... The process of getting to know these these yew trees, and I feel like a baby.
1: I can tell you a great story about the yew, though, to do with our book, which is we we oh, had yes. we had this book launch in Watkins, which is the groovy spiritual bookshop in uh, Leicester Square in London. Right. So we were very excited about this. So we we, we were planning what we were going to do you know, we, uh, what we would, how we would talk and, you know, what we would do. And the, and the last, we, we, we were picking bits to read and so forth. And we were taking it in turns and Lucy was going to be doing the last bit. And she was like, oh, what are we going to do? And she opened the book at random. And, and it, it happened to be the, the story from the you. And uh, the really great thing about it, about this story, is that neither of us could remember anything about that story Yeah, when we she read it, we were like, "Who?" Neither of us could remember reading, collecting the story, reading it, editing it, putting it in the book. I mean, obviously, we did, we had done that, but it was just very. And it was later on we figured it out who's where we got the story from and so on, but. It just we were saying, like, "Wow, that's a great story!" Mm-hmm. And yes, <laughs> and everybody loved it. <laughs> we've only seen it for the first time, and it really felt like it was the plants. You know, the plants wrote that book. They used us, you know, because we're better at typing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the plants, and it was that was like the the, the the word of the yew, which is one of the most ancient, long living trees. You know, we actually not far from where I live. Maybe an hour drive away from where I live. There's a there's a yew tree that's probably five thousand years old. Yeah. You know, and it's absolutely awesome that, wow. to be around those ancient beings like that. They they kind of know everything. Yeah. Over to you, Joanna.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll take the challenge, but uh, I'm not much next to a 5,000-year view. I'm, I'm quite aware of that. Um, well, thank you very, very much for being with us. Uh, it's been a lovely opportunity.
2: Well, thank you for for... All your beautiful questions, your questions have been really um, inspiring, actually. I've really enjoyed speaking with you.
1: Yeah, me too. Really elegant and very beautifully put. And there's just one thing I I wanted to say earlier, which is about the, the plants and humility. And I think definitely... Uh, uh, some of them are humble, but I've also met plants, you know, which humans might consider a uh, what we would call a weed, that are a- actually really seriously kick-ass and uh, <laughs> proud. So, yeah, uh, they come in all kinds of yeah, not uh, yeah. Sometimes you get a real telling off, actually. From, from yeah, the, you know. I've been slapped,
2: I've been poked in the eye, and I've been made to bow down. <laughs>
1: yeah so we definitely get to be uh, have lessons in humility but i think the plants are really like way up there yeah
0: i think it's wonderful that you're defending the life force of our friends (laughs) (laughs) thank you all right yeah
2: thank you